0: Creed's 14th entry I'm still alive what's left of me anyway the dragon queen proved to be a terrible force of not nature a terrible force of an ungodly aberration the dragon kind of does a Godzilla gurgle thing where she looks up to the sky and there's this kind of rumbling sound and then she Points her head straight at you, Cena and Mads, and there's just an eruption of flames. Feardosh finally
1: arrived to aid in the battle. And, uh, by the way, me bursting in the room looks like when, uh, Kramer would burst through, uh, Jerry's door in Seinfeld.
0: <laughs> you kind of slide on the marble a little bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And when it came down to it, I fought bravely and ferociously. And that uh, takes us to Creed, who's going to jot some things down in his journal and hunker in a corner. A trait I must have inherited from my grandfather. Creed picks his pencil up off the floor because he dropped it. But... Although Madge was able to best the Dragon Queen. You take this mass of corpses in your hands that forms her head, and I think it's probably about the size of your entire torso, but you're able to bear-hug this thing and then you plant your feet on her neck and just yank back with all the strength of your core and you hear a loud tearing sound of just dry flesh and brittle bones as this thing comes off in your arms and you topple backwards to the floor and you don't take any damage, but this uh, whole dragon starts to stagger and walk around blindly and the head seems just dead flesh in your arms. The throne room still had some defenses up its sleeves. A ballista bolt pierced through my leg. It pinned me down with an adamantium cable all six of these ballistas f- start firing their bolts they have these cables attached to them from the bolt to the ballistas like a grapple shot and one of them hits creed we needed to free ourselves before the ballista could reload so Madge had to do what was necessary
2: <laughs> oh, shit.
0: The bard lets out a blood-curdling scream, higher pitched and louder than any note he's ever sung before as his leg is separated from his body and with it the arrow and the cable that was holding him back. And then he just starts crying as the blood flows and Mads lifts him up over his shoulders.
3: I will give him 15
0: points from my uh, lay on hands as I'm rushing him out. The blood drops stop at a point as his knee is cauterized almost magically and you guys are free to leave. There's nothing holding you back at this point. I may have lost a leg, but I didn't lose my fighting spirit. (laughs) My leg. I guess I was playing in the streets before, I can go back to playing in the streets again, but damn, that don't feel good. And so we escaped the city of Skazicus, and have made camp north of the city, hidden in the swampy woodlands, planning our next attack. Time to Die Podcast Network presents The Giant's March. The road is long, but the world is small. It is the next morning. Firdas, It took a bit of doing, but when you finally found your awaiting gnomish friends, they were in the circle where you originally met that thin guy who said he was sent by Fjall. Is there anything you guys did that you want to mention uh, that night, or did you guys do standard prep work and then go to bed?
3: Mads is cutting down trees. Siege trees? Uh, yeah, I want to build power shields that we can wear on ourselves, and, uh, I'll, I'll talk to you later about the dimensions and things.
0: Anybody else do anything worth mentioning that night?
1: Uh, I just, um, messed around with, um, what spells I had prepared and everything, and so so I prepared some, some different stuff. Uh, Sina used her
2: uh, experimental elixir and roll for which one I got. That's a six, so I got a potion of
0: transformation. Cool. The night goes on, and you guys, I imagine you take shifts, right? Absolutely. Mads, on the way out of the castle, you did a healing thing to uh, Creed, and so his leg was cauterized, but he is still suffering tonight just mostly emotionally just trying to cope with what's happened to him i think that bogdana spent some time chatting with him and trying to explain to him the ways of injuries and how that works (laughs) that it's time heals all wounds even if they're not healed healed and you guys bed down for the night and that night is restless for a couple reasons. One, for the people around Mads, there's a breeze that hits you constantly through the night, like every hour or so. From this pulse of the rat that he ate. And it doesn't necessarily wake you up, but it's enough to just... There isn't a lot of heavy sleep tonight. It feels kind of restless. Firdas, for you, it's even more so because you have a dream, and uh, it's in this circle that you've sat down in, except that instead of trees, it's just kind of a dark fog around this clearing in the forest, and you're there with tea over the fire again, and then uh, at first you're alone, but then... After a while, just as with dreams, they change. There's a guy next to you, and you don't know how or where he came from, but it's uh, it's it's just a guy there. He kind of looks like um, Pocket J Gnome, but he has the voice of the fuel messenger guy.
1: Uh, so you have returned
0: in quite a
1: different-looking package.
0: I am impressed by how you fared.
1: Well, that makes one of us.
0: We barely made it out. The odds were not good. But you all got out with your lives, if not your limbs.
1: Well, one of us did kind of lose a limb.
0: Did you learn anything from our last discussion? You were going to ask your cousin about the giants and the nation they've built since they left.
1: The time to speak of such things was, uh, very few. But, um, you had mentioned that you do not want a war to take place. We seek to stop that war right here and now. Over the next few days, we are going to gather supplies and try to make an assault on our own so that none of this leaves this place.
0: Your intentions may be admirable, but I worry about your cousins. What seems to worry you? I've been watching everything that takes place. Your cousin Sina. she is taking an interest in Mad's beliefs. She's not as fanatical or zealous as he is, but the god they serve is problematic to our efforts tell me about your time on the mountain
1: this is where things get confusing to me um, it was the first time that we came into contact with this uh, I don't even know how to describe it it's an otherworldly uh, some sort of undead phenomenon seemingly brought on by dark rituals unbeknownst to us the same kind of rituals that took place in that castle and I point towards the the town
0: are you familiar with the god known as Donatus only slightly he is the god of that mountain he is the god that your cousin Mads worships though I do not believe he's revealed himself to your cousin since he refers to him only as the mountain. Why is it, do you think, that this god Donatus would allow such aberrations upon his mountain peak? I'm not sure. This is what
1: has caused me great confusion. Until, well, frankly, until just now, I thought that that Fial and the god of the mountain were the same that Donatus was something different
0: Fial is the god of a mountain but not your mountain not while Donatus has control
1: if I was to uh, speak with my cousin about this I do not think he would take the news lightly
0: no I don't suppose he would This is why I've spoken to you in private. I know what a devoted man he is, even if blindly. Donatus is adjacent, a neighbor to the giants. This could be a problem if the tieflings decide to take their war north, which they seem to fully intend, which is why I was trying to get a gauge on how your government is set up and if you're prepared for a full scale attack. I I guess so. Uh... If Donatus is allowing for these aberrations upon his mountain top, there's nothing to stop him from sending an army down, hitting the giant's world from both sides. I suppose I will
1: have to be more diligent in the next day speak with my my other cousin, Sina, about this, but, um, unfortunately, as we converse right now, I have no intimate knowledge of the the way our government works.
0: It's at this point that the dream starts to grow hazy and fade away as you move on to dreams about the wilderness and your history and whatever. You probably don't remember these as vividly, but um, then the sun arises. I guess whoever's taking the last watch would try and wake everybody up lest you sleep in
3: from the exhaustion. Mads will wake everybody up because he took the last watch. Mads will, uh, go over to Sina and, uh, poke her and say, Good morning, cousin."
2: Good morning, Mats. Did I miss anything?
3: No, we are fine, as far as I am able to tell. We're going to wake up Ferdus and... Then, Bogdana, I was thinking perhaps we could let the fat pod keep sleeping, as he's very depressed about his leg that I cut off.
2: Yeah, he kind of went through a lot yesterday.
3: Yes. He will be okay, though. There's something about that fat bard that tells me. Perhaps he will no longer be a fat bard anymore, because trying to support yourself on a peg leg is hard.
2: I mean, I'm sure I could build him a prosthetic better than just a peg.
3: This seems like a good idea.
2: Not necessarily magical.
3: Well, if you were to do something like that, he would probably be very grateful. Mads is gonna go walk over and he's gonna poke Feardus in the face good morning cousin (laughs) I uh like uh
1: flinch like quite quite a lot and uh I'm like dripping with sweat (sighs) are you ill um oh I've just been uh troubled it's uh nice to see you cousin
3: And you as well. Mads will go over and, uh... poke Bogdana awake as well. Her eyes flash to you. And then she relaxes. Good morning. Good morning. We have a lot of work to do if we're going to... go to war.
0: Then I shall prepare breakfast. Thank
3: you. She gets up and heads into the forest. Mads will go back over and, uh... he'll... Sit down um, and motion for his cousins to come over. Yeah, Ferdos goes over. Yes, Metz. There is a saying where I come from. Once you blow the horn of war, be prepared for the avalanche. Are we ready for what will probably await us if we return to that city? I've uh, prepared some more um,
1: advantageous spells that will make better use of our
3: battle instincts and coordinated efforts. I have an idea for these tower shields that we could build. We could take iron and band together these tree trunks and sharpen the ends of it So if we were to jam them into the ground, they could serve as protection from those ballistas. Also, if you needed to, you could bring them back up. A burst of wind emanates from Mads. (laughs) I see you are still doing that, cousin. It would seem that the mountain agrees that it is time for war... I must ask is, is, that a painful sensation? It is not. It is calming. I have found a sense of self almost. I, I give a glance over to Cena after he says that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> she kind of like does the same thing, and she's like, "That's very good to hear, Matt. I'm glad that you're reaching this like." point of self-actualization.
3: I have learned that if you take your anger and just pile more anger upon it and then take that (laughs) anger and smash it into your enemies they will die. And that has brought about self-actualization. At least for me.
2: That's a really interesting way of thinking about that.
3: You, from the
0: from a distance near the campfire, you hear. Easy to say from a twenty-seven
3: foot tall man. What do you mean?
2: I'm sure you could use your rage too. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he
0: kind of smiles at you.
1: I I assure you, despite my size, I find very little easy to say.
2: Yeah, I've noticed that you're you're a giant of few words. I have noticed
1: that. Yeah, I'll kind of uh place a uh, pocket J in, in my hand and I'm like, um we may be of great size, but I assure you we are still filled with as much doubt as even those dominions of one
0: such as you. So sorry. Must be hard.
1: <laughs> I'll uh place him comfortably in my pocket.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so what should we do first, Mads? You are going to collect trees. Yes, I will. Go to procure some iron. Sina, would you like to help me?
2: I can, or I can use my—I uh, can use my alchemist kit to make—I um, can make acid. I can make healing potions. I can do anything with that, or I can help you cure iron.
1: Um, you know what? I think you're better in your own path. Uh, I I agree. And, um, yeah, I'm just gonna start collecting things to, to do what I can to gather. So I, I'm guessing I'm gonna have to, like, smelt it, um, myself. Okay. So we probably wouldn't be in a place where, uh, we
0: just have iron lying around. It... Probably wouldn't be very hard for you to dig a hole and make some fashion some sort of grate or something and
3: blow into it or whatever. You're giants like... <laughs> Alright. Yeah, I'm gonna ask uh, I'm gonna go and start chopping down trees then, brother.
1: Yeah, as soon as uh, Mads gets sufficiently off um, into the woods, I um, kind of motion towards uh, towards Cena to um, take hold of the, the communication stone that we have and, you know, put it in her ear or however she uses it when she speaks.
2: Okay. She just, like, holds it between her fingernails because it's super, super tiny. It's like us holding a grain of rice. Yeah, and so...
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, as I'm uh, walking um, towards, like, you know, probably, like, a quarry or something like that to, to find iron-rich uh, rocks, I'm going to start to tell her, um... I had, uh, another meeting with the... the one who says he was spit, sent from Fial. He came to me in a dream.
2: Another dream? Was it with the same person?
1: Um... They appeared differently, but sounded the same.
2: Mm, that's not creepy at all.
1: Yes, uh, oddly enough, the... the appearance they chose was... Looked like Pocket J. Um, it was it was strange, but what they were saying was congruent with the time I've met them in person yesterday.
2: Okay, what did they say?
1: They seem to have a, a very disturbing thing that they noticed of of our cousin and who he serves. The monk? this being seemed to know the mountain's true name. It is not a mountain of Fjall. It's of, uh, Dunatus.
2: Like, the Dunatus from the symbol in that cabin a while ago?
1: The very same. And this person seemed to seem to believe that, uh, Dunatus is very antagonistic to the giant kind, and is the source of this undead cult or whatever it may be that we are dealing with
2: why would doing this be antagonistic toward the giants aren't we like his aren't we like some of his biggest followers well biggest in the figurative sense not the literal sense
1: <laughs> this certainly matters which is why i have come to you i if if what this being says is true Which I'm not at this point willing to go all the way in believing. It still would be much um, of an issue to convince Mads that he may be misguided in his followings.
2: He might kill us if we tried to convince him of that.
1: Um, yes. I I didn't quite want to go as far as saying it, but I do believe that that is the case.
2: I mean... He might not kill us, kill us, but I think it's like, it's like a definite, like, disownment, maybe.
1: There's also the possibility that this being is lying to me.
2: That was my first thought.
1: I do not know how to derive the truth in this situation.
2: I think... The way the gods work is, like... It's really foggy at best. I feel like the only thing that we can do is wait. I mean the mountain or Dunedis, seems to have given Mads a boon this thing I don't know what's doing exactly I just uh, I know he's not dead from eating a dead rat but it's it's something
1: it certainly is something I know that I survived at odds yesterday too seemingly following a different path than he I'm very confused in this situation
2: well, we all survived this didn't we? this whole thing is such a mess I just don't know I don't think any of us know what to do
1: I'm also afraid that the one person that I could ask for guidance in this is someone that I cannot reach right now And I also am afraid I would not be able to trust in what they would say to me either.
2: Who, one of your gods?
1: Um, The matron of the circle, Una. She was the wisest of us, but as the years went by, there were just too many things that that seemed off about her and about some of the others.
2: Is that why you left? It's
1: most of it. A lot of it I cannot quite put words to my feelings on. I originally was going to leave with Sigrid and Ivar and Reg too, but... They changed their minds. I was the only one who left. And ever since, I've... I've felt like I've been being pursued.
2: If you feel like you're being pursued, chances are you probably are. Do they have reason to hunt you? Other than just leaving?
1: It was always a... While not completely unspoken rule, it was very heavily implied that one does not leave the circle. And we don't interfere with things outside of the circle. It was the way things have always been.
0: Mads, what are you doing right now as this conversation is taking place?
3: Chopping down trees. I'm trying to select, uh, like great diameter trees that we can then band together. I need things that are going to be, you know, almost as tall as we are because the goal is to make, you know, tower shields with them. Or, you know what I mean? Like, it would be even more helpful if they were taller than me.
0: As you're doing this, um, you <laughs> you hear something call out from below.
2: <coughs> Excuse me.
0: You look down and you see Nespos, the the gnome that was going to become the servant in Skazicus, and he looks up at you and says, <clears throat> Just wanted to get your attention so you didn't step on me. I've been thinking. I'm feeling a little useless here, tiny little gnome, and it occurred to me most of the people in Skazikis probably don't know that we're together. If you needed eyes in the city for anything, me and, I don't know, maybe Pocket J Gnome over there, if he wants to, but I certainly would be willing at least to kind of be your eyes and ears. Maybe I could even, I don't know, talk to people, be a spy of sorts?
3: I had actually thought of another idea for you. Uh oh. What if instead, you return from whence you came and bring us as many of your friends as you can get? Well, I don't think we'd be very useful in a fight. I'm not thinking that you will be fighting. No, you will be building. Oh,
0: you mean weapons of war.
3: Yes. We're going to make a stand against these tieflings here.
0: Now, you probably already know this, but the gnomes and the tieflings are kind of friendly-like, and I have become pretty familiar with you folk. You've been kind of generous to me, but and perhaps even protected me from doing something stupid and going and serving these tieflings, but I'd have a hard time convincing the people back home Cause they've seen what those thieflings have done, they've changed lives and taken impoverished cities and made them wealthy.
3: What if you were to explain what you saw when you were in this city? Let them know the squalor that they would be looking for, and that they are actively supporting.
0: Well, truth be told, I haven't seen much of anything, I've only heard tell of what you all said. I saw they were making some weapons, some siege equipment, but Beyond that, I'm I'm a little confused as to what went on down there.
3: You do remember that you were the one that went in with Pocket to discover all of those siege weapons. They have entire factories.
0: Sure. It seems they're going to war. And it wouldn't surprise me if it was with the giants, since they do tend to hate you. But I don't necessarily fact that's none
3: you do realize that marching north or north marching south either one of those will be bad for your people there will be conscription on either side perhaps it will be a battleground perhaps it will not but either way your loved ones will lose their loved ones
0: we are sort of caught in the middle. Kind of the meat of the sandwich, I suppose.
3: This is the issue we find at hand.
0: Well, I don't much suspect that once the war starts that the provisions will keep coming. The tieflings will probably keep it all for themselves anyhow.
3: They'll need it, especially if they're worried about a siege eventually. And that wall that they've built... ...leads me to believe that they're worried about a siege, eventually.
0: You talk a lot of sense, mister.
3: Well, I suppose I could go and tell everyone what I've seen. I'm not asking you to perform a miracle here. Just do what you can. Alright. I'll go. Mads will, uh, put down his, uh, pointer finger like a... ...like
0: a fist bump, almost. He kind of takes both of his hands and he just kind of shakes it like he's (laughs) moving a a large wall or something in front of him. (laughs) And then he's going to head back to the fire.
3: Yeah, once I've gathered enough uh, trees, I'll start limbing them and then I'll bring them back to camp.
0: Firdas, did you want to continue your conversation or are you good?
1: Yeah, I think that... um that we were good. Uh, should I roll anything to see about how much uh, iron I find? Or or
0: Why don't you give me survival? Alright.
1: So, uh, got a natural one on the die. However, my survival is plus seven.
0: I think this is a, th- since this is a swampy area, you know that there is deposits and stuff but you're having a hard time locating them because they're not just everywhere and and it's also it's unfamiliar terrain it's not like the mountains you'd be able to find it easy in the mountains but I think this is going to take you probably most of the day to get the amount that you're looking for okay is that something you're willing to do be working all day yeah
1: okay yeah and by the time that I do get back I, I'd be like you know just Fucking disgusting and muddy and gross and, <laughs> and everything.
0: I think Bogdana will be out hunting for the most of the day. She's uh, not just preparing for today, but also the days to come, since this sounds like you guys are going to be working for a while. So if mostly you're on the camp, it's uh, going to be Mads and Sina and the fat bard who's waking up right about now, right before lunch.
2: Good morning, bard.
0: Oh, good morning, ah. I slept in and, uh... Whew, that was an exhausting day. Oh, shit. Oh, shit, I was thinking that was a dream.
3: It, it wasn't a dream.
0: Oh, fuck.
3: No, I definitely cut off your leg. You are remembering correctly, Bob
0: Yeah, you know, toddlers are so flexible that they can bring their foot up to their face. Like, he's able to, like, lift <laughs> his stump up and almost cradle <laughs> it. Like. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, if you would like, I can um, I can try to build you one. It wouldn't be anything fancy or magical, but it would be better than a stump.
0: I'd be grateful for anything at this point. So this is what it's like adventuring, huh?
2: I mean, in my limited experience, danger is kind of part of the game, but also... It, along with like that thrill that comes with danger also comes the threat of like actual physical harm and you just happen to get the short end of the stick or well the short end of the leg or the ballista rather but um it uh but hey you know what you've come out you're gonna come out of this a stronger person so just just a little bit less of the man that you used to be
3: (laughs) he's just staring at you A bard who is missing his leg can still complain. Remember that. Mads would clap his shoulder. I suppose this gives me something
0: to talk about and sing about. You think ladies will appreciate a man with a scar like this?
2: I mean, if you've got the sick prosthetic to go with it, and let me tell you something, it's going to be a really fun story.
3: ALSO I WOULD PROBABLY NOT TELL THEM THAT YOU HAD DONE YOUR BEST TO AVOID ALL COMBAT UNTIL THIS MOMENT WHEN A STRAY ballista HITS YOU
2: <laughs> YES THAT'S VERY TRUE that, THAT THAT PART IS ALSO TRUE
0: WONDER IF THEY'LL GIVE ME A Prob
2: PROBABLY NOT I, I'll, I'LL GET STARTED ON YOUR PROSTHETIC WE CAN MAKE AT LEAST A LITTLE BIT OF PROGRESS TODAY AND THESE ACIDS NEED TO CURE ANYWAY
0: I WOULD BE SO GRATEFUL IF YOU COULD HELP ME TO WALK AGAIN AND HE'S GONNA SHOOT MADS A NERVOUS GLANCE wouldn't want to be a burden.
3: <laughs> yes. Well, I will carry you as far as is necessary, but if we can get you a leg, that would be preferable.
2: I mean, it's gonna take some time to get used to walking with a leg, and it pro- with, with, not with a leg, but with a fake leg, since your your real leg was kind of... A yes,
3: victim, I got
2: it. But it, if it, they... uh, It's a, uh, it's going to be a learning experience.
3: It's good that you keep bringing it up, Sina. If he were to try and forget about the trauma, that might lead to a sort of regression. Now we can continue to bring him forward by reminding him, your leg is gone, Bard. Your leg (laughs) is gone. I chopped (laughs) it off when we were in the keep. I'M JUST TRYING TO HELP YOU CURE YOUR TRAUMA! (laughs) It
0: it seems like the amount that his face falls is directly proportional to the length of time you remind him his leg is gone.
2: Tina walks over and she like takes like a measuring tape out and she'll measure his opposite leg and be like okay so we're looking at about this length so were you thinking like a willow a dark oak a cherry maybe walnut like it's I'll work with anything but bamboo I'm not interested in splinters
0: he looks around in the swamp and just kind of points to a tree and says how about that one
2: that one? Okay, just as long as I don't, like, cut it down and it turns out to be, like, inhabited by something, then I would feel really bad. <laughs> Alright. So just, you just, 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 wait, wait. You don't really have a choice. And she'll walk over <laughs> and uh, begin cutting off branches that are roughly the same length as his opposite leg, with room for a foot and various tweaking.
0: Okay. The day wears on, and the heat is medium to uncomfortable, and the pulses continue to emanate from Mad. And, and Mad's, uh, especially during the heat of the day, you guys stop really minding so much because it kind of feels good <laughs> when the breeze brushes pa- past you. Um, but again, it's like on the hour every hour. And eventually, I think, uh, Donna will come back with a couple animals slung over her back and maybe some tied around her belt on her waist, and she's gonna start slumping them down next to the fire. And she's gonna say, This should hold us over for a while. Well done. What are you doing?
2: I'm making the bar the leg a new leg, and uh, Mads is uh, forming shields, and I'm not really sure where Feardouse is. I think he's off looking for iron.
0: The fat bard could use another leg. That is a lot of weight to carry.
2: Well, I'm more, I think it's more of a point of pride now than anything. Like, I, I want him to be able to walk on his own, and I know he wants to be able to walk too.
0: I would be proud to lose a leg in combat.
2: I feel like it's different for like you or me because we fight and we like not necessarily have earned that scar, but like done something to deserve it.
3: Explicitly, he was not in combat when he lost it. He was on the sidelines and then got shot by a ballista, astray.
2: Yeah, I mean it's sort of not fair for anybody, but especially him. He didn't even do anything that warranted being shot with a ballista.
0: She plops down cross-legged next to you and grabs one of the little animals that was around her belt, and she, like, grabs it with both hands, and then there's a, a noise as she tears it in half with uh, the fur coming off in one clean motion, and she says, You are a good fighter for someone who works with tools. Thank you. How did you know this?
2: It. I learned it in the city, and my mother was an artificer. the The reason I was so upset about looking for that sapphire was because it was hers, and it. She was an artificer, and she lived. She was from the city that I am, and it's just. It's. It's like a family business, but also I did in fact go to school to learn it.
0: And your mother was related to your cousins.
2: Yeah, she was their aunt.
0: And you have all grown up together.
2: Ish. I mean, I'm I'm relatively younger than my cousins, so... And my mother died when I was pretty young, and my dad and I really, like, left pretty quick after that. So, not really. We haven't seen each other in a while.
0: The rest of your family is not close?
2: I mean, I guess not. I don't really know
0: sometimes I wonder what it is like to have family but it doesn't matter you have all the f- are all the first that I have spent time with in many years I have been hired on with parties but for- not for this long
2: I'm glad it was with us and I'm glad you're with us
0: would you like to skin this? and she hands you another one of the animals
2: <laughs> I just imagine like she hands her like this little animal and she sees it and she looks down at this one that's ripped in half and all she can see is that little pile of springs and clockwork. <laughs> and she's just like, no, I think I'll leave this one to you. <laughs>
0: she tears the fur off of it. These are like little be- <laughs> little beanie babies in her hand, practically. Maybe smaller.
2: <laughs> I'm just gonna keep working on the leg.
0: What do you intend to do for our warfare?
2: I am currently, and she'll point over to, hang on, I need she made three vials of acid
3: she looks up at Mads I have a few ideas for how we could proceed first I have Nesbus heading back to his hometown to try and convince the gnomish population there that they should come and help us in our cause in stemming the tide of war here However, should that prove impossible, the only thing that we can rely on is doing as much damage as we can before we fall.
0: This is maybe not the most advantageous plan.
3: This is why I am building these shields. The plan is to have them as mobile cover almost. You can use your forearm to slam it into the ground. That's why I'm sharpening the bottoms. We can use them to move forward and catch the ballistas and hopefully we will be stronger than them trying to pull us towards them. I know I have yanked a few of them out of their rivets.
0: Do you think we could use tunnels to our
3: advantage? Definitely. A stealth approach. I have a much better idea than that, Bargana. Would it be possible to tunnel underneath this wall? Such a great weight would require an immense amount of dirt underneath it. We collapse the wall. Why not?
0: This may take time. We could go around the wall.
3: This was the original plan. We could, perhaps, if we're going to tunnel in, make our way directly towards the castle. Then the only problem that we will have is fighting our way out. But I do not believe that cutting the head off of this tiefling leadership will end this war.
0: We could eliminate as much as we can, one by one, so long as we do not get seen.
3: You know, on the mountain... I hate the bears up there. Constantly when I'm sleeping they come and they take my food and they mess around in my things and just create a general disarray of things. I find that sometimes that irrational hatred leads me to doing things that perhaps are Not as advantageous for me. And I do worry that these tieflings have become bears for me.
0: We will have to go along with your plan until we think of a better one. Better to be prepared in one way, even if we decide not to go that way.
3: This is true.
0: She will be working on dinner, and Firdas, you're probably done by now.
1: Yeah, I'm, like, making my way back with, um... I've, like, used a couple of trees that I, uh, cut down and, and fashioned together to make, like, a pull-behind kind of thing. It doesn't have a wheel or anything, but I basically just drag it behind me with all the rocks piled up on there. And, um, I'm gonna make my way to basically the, the edge of the swamp. Um, probably about a mile or so away from from camp, and I'm going to stop for a bit and uh, take the, the weight off of my back for, for a little while, and um, kind of sit there looking at the, the water. I'm gonna say, Kriega, if you can hear me, I know I've never prayed to you before, but I'm afraid that no matter what the outcome is of what we are about to do, there might be a war inevitable. I would like your blessing, for whatever the outcome may be, and I give you this offering to tell you that I am serious. And I'm going to dump over all the ore just into the, the swamp there, and um, use that as a sacrifice to the goddess of war, Frigga.
0: Give me a higher low.
1: Alright, I'll go high.
0: You hear the bushes rustle behind you, and when you turn, you see a dwarvish man staring up at you with wide eyes. He's got a bow slung over his back. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to disturb you, none. You you can go back to what you were doing, or I'll be on your way. Uh, wait, wait. Uh,
1: Come sit with me, friend,
0: for a little while. I really didn't mean to bother you terribly sorry I've had
1: a rough day and I could use some companionship for a short while
0: Uh, alright I reckon I could stay for a while I suppose he kind of (laughs) nervously walks over and sits next to you
1: I kind of um, do my best to clean off my hand and then you know kind of extend it towards him to for him to shake one of my fingers or you know, do some sort of gesture like that <laughs> My name
0: is Ferdows Sure, uh, Bramble stugwins the name And how has your day been, Bramble? Well, up until now it's been a bit uneventful
1: it's, uh do you live around town here maybe possibly in that city i'm an hunter
0: gatherer i gather food for the palace and uh, particularly those cyclops they eat a lot how do you like
1: living there do they treat you well
0: not really if i'm being honest in some ways it's better than mining but i'm not much for the sunlight myself And I don't rightly like taking orders from the Tieflins. What are you lot doing out here? I thought giants were supposed to stay up north. Well,
1: that's what they tell us at least. I'm not completely certain anyone is really supposed to stay anywhere. But yet be guided by the gods to go where they need to be. Do you ever get that feeling?
0: Nah. The gods don't love us we got the arse end of the deal don't know how don't know why nothing of it is all the history I grew up learning as a child it's all been uprooted I remember hearing about the war back when you were going at each other's throats my grandfather says the tieflings came to us in a fit of desperation looking for aid and in exchange they would submit themselves into servitude to us and my grandfather also told me that the dwarves were going to fight you giants that was the threat but it didn't happen because the treaty was signed what, where the giants were supposed to leave the land and head up north and that's the way it was Tiflins would serve us and you would stay up north but here you are and here I am, serving the Tieflins. Now that's backwards. So what happened there, I don't know. I'm gathering food, some of me mates are back at the mine, and I'm left scratching me head.
1: Yes, these are definitely confusing
0: times. I'm right sick of it.
1: Yes, uh, I agree in that sentiment. But I will reassure you, the, the gods have not forgotten you. It sure feels like it. Their favor may be being suppressed. They're gods. They will come
0: through in their time when they can. So what do you know of it? Why me lords and ladies telling me I've got to come up here and work for the Tieflins? It's an interesting
1: reversal of a relationship, you say, that... uh, Very interesting indeed, I I know almost nothing of this situation, yet me and my cousins were thrust upon it, and told that we have to deal with it.
0: It would be nice if we had a giant on our side, someone to really put those tieflings in their place. How
1: would you like several?
0: (laughs) It's a nice dream, you go back to the mines, down where it's darker and cooler. There's good money to be made in the mines. You know, speaking of, that's the way it was supposed to work after the war. We'd be down mining, and the Teflins were the ones interacting with the outside world in the daylight. Right. And now here I am, surface side, I'm the one that's got to deal with gnomes and centaur cats. They really turned the tables on us, the Tieflins did. I'll be honest, I get a good feeling from you. How would you like to meet my companions? Ah, I don't know about that. I'm a bit pressed for time. I should be getting back. I mean, you did mention wanting to have some
1: giants on your side.
0: Well, we were just hypothesizing at the time.
1: Well, come, come meet us for dinner. We'll fill your belly, then you can go off to your home. And if you, after that want to meet with us again, you're more than welcome to.
0: I reckon if you'd let me take some food back with me, they'll think I got it myself. Perhaps they will.
1: And I got a big smile on my face, and kind of pat him on the back.
0: (laughs) 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 Uh, Alright, I guess I could come with you for a while long as you're not going to turn me into a meal. No,
1: um... I, I don't really have a taste for dwarves, so, sorry. I hope that is no offense, either. Uh,
0: that's alright. Would you mind carrying some of this?
1: Oh, yeah, like, I, um... throw the, the animal on that, um... that sort of dragging... thing that I had made, and then I just go and kind of... pick him up and place him on it, too. You want to hold on tight. I can move pretty fast.
0: I could get used to this. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And I'm going to take him back to the camp.
0: Yeah, you head back to the camp with a dwarf and no, no orc. Yep. Nice place you have here. Well, it's a work in progress.
1: Cousins! Companions!
2: Firdaus, is that you?
1: I've brought
3: somebody. I thought we had already set your gnome off to go and get help.
1: Um, perhaps they they have, but uh,
0: I've found someone else.
1: Someone who lives in the city.
3: Oh, that is not a gnome.
0: No, I'm actually a dwarf, but no offense taken, and I want nothing but peace between us.
3: It's great to meet
2: you. And, uh, Sina will stick out, like, her fing- like, two fingers, shake his hand.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does the as best he can do.
1: Um, pardon me, uh, I must make introductions. This is,
0: um, Bramble Stagwin. Eh, uh, that's, uh, Stugwin. Oh, Stugwin, My apologies. No offense, mate. I want nothing but peace between us. We're all friends here. <laughs>
2: my friend, you don't have to seem so startled.
3: It's
0: easy for you to say.
3: Why have you brought this creature here, cousin?
1: Well, I had a bit of a rough day, as you could see by my appearance.
2: Are you okay?
1: Let's just say the search for our for our supplies was not going very well. But can say a prayer was answered. Bramble here works for the palace in bringing food into them, and he has sentiments that go counter to the royal structure there.
0: You know that royal structure, I believe it used to be yours once upon a time.
2: I think it was.
0: Seems that's how they do it. You think you've got the tieflings under your thumb? They take what's yours. Damnedest thing I ever saw.
2: They are very slippery.
0: I was just telling my big friend here. Back in the day, the Tieflands were supposed to be our go-between from the mines to the outside world. And now here I am, spending all day in the sun.
3: What happened to change that?
0: Damned if I know. Seems that no one knows. All I know is me lords and ladies back home declared that we were all to come topside and serve the tieflings and do what they say. No explanation given whatsoever. And I don't even know what would happen to me if I complained or gave protest.
3: Theodos, Xena, I know this is going to sound insane, but we have seen them opening up portals. What if they decided to make a deal.
0: You know, we found a portal once. Not me. But down in the mines, I did over here tell one.
2: What kind of portal?
0: Bag at all, I don't know. I remember tell of some bones. I said there was a dark cloud. And, uh, pretty sure they just buried it all.
2: Where was this?
0: Somewhere down in the mines. We've come across
1: some of these bone structures before we've taken them down, but whenever we start to destroy it, one of those portals opens up and something
0: unnatural comes out. Well that's no good. No it's not. You think that has something to do with what the tieflings
3: are on about? Yes, I believe they're directly connected. What we need from you. ...is to talk to your friends. Let them know that you are not servants.
0: I could get in a lot of trouble talking about a rebellion.
2: Well, you're not talking about a rebellion. You're just talking about the fact that you're not servants. No one said anything about the rebellion.
3: And if enough people... ...know that they are not servants and when the time comes... ...they decide to do something... Radical? Well, that's on them.
0: I suppose as long as it takes place in the woods. Don't much like talking about mutiny in the city. Listening ears and all that. Those cyclops are always about... You know, those cyclops used to work down in the mines with us.
2: Yes, I know those cyclops. I don't like to talk about those cyclops.
0: <laughs> they barely listen to us now. Not a word we say. These taking orders from the Tieftains now. And they're dumb as a box of rocks.
1: Were they always like that?
0: Dumb? Sure. They're likable fellas. At least they were. But not since they started taking orders from those bastards with the horns. Well, I could talk to me mates and
3: see what they say. Why don't you try and bring us three of your most trusted friends? Aye. I could do that. As long as you
0: keep providing us with food so we can take it back with us. Uh,
3: Mads will look at Bogdana for whether or not that's okay.
0: She's going to hold up, like, three of the smaller animals, and he'll nod, and she'll just kind of, like, throw them at him, and he'll catch him like a load of pillows and (laughs) hit him in the face and stuff.
3: (laughs) And Mads will say, That is agreeable.
0: All right. You gonna be around here or
3: We'll be around here.
0: Reckon I could try to get him here in a day or two. That'd be perfect. But you lot never talk to me, if anyone asks. Likewise.
2: No, of course we didn't. I don't know who you are. I've never spoken to you.
3: Oh, I'm Bramble Stugwin. That's You're really bad at this. Get the hell out of here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's gonna turn and kind of flee, and you see the little rabbits bouncing on his back behind him. <laughs> Goodbye, friend.
2: He seems like a nice little fellow.
1: Yes, he came at the perfect time.
0: We have a new mini-series which is completely finished and ready for you to binge. Eclipse Crater of Corruption is a nine-episode series that takes place on the moon a century into the future. Three friends try to make it big in the racing scene, but Ivo, the driver, totals his car. Desperate not only to pay the bills, but also to pay off their loan sharks, the three friends begin taking on questionable work from questionable people, and things start to ramp up. Eclipse Crater of Corruption is available by pledging to the $5 tier at patreon.com slash timetodierpg, or if you don't like monthly subscriptions, you can gain access to the show with a one-time purchase of $15 over at ko-fi.com slash timetodierpg, and find it in the shop section. For this and the other content we offer, you can find it all at timetodierpg.com. If you enjoy the show, we'd be so grateful if you'd spread the word. Post about us on social media and share us with your friends. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TimeToDieRPG. On Reddit at r slash TimeToDieRPG. Tim, who plays Mads, is on Twitter at IdaGrabYourGun. Chris, who plays Feardos, is on Twitter at Crosta. That's P-E-E-P-Y-C-R-A-S-T-A. Aubrey, who plays Cena, is on Twitter at AubreyGray1. That's A-U-B-R-E-E-G-R-A-Y and the number one. I, Brian Bridges, the GM, am on Twitter at ManlyBrian. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Giants March.